profit. The Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. Last division preview of the Back Judge podcast. Bittersweet. Bittersweet, but we saved possibly the uh, the most contentious, high-octane division preview for last, the NFC East. A lot of strong opinions on a, on a lot of different teams and different opinions on different teams that we got going in this NFC East. We got a resident Cowboys fan and a resident hater of the Cowboys in the house. Pre-show was contentious. Was uh, the the baby of, of of Lee Murray last year, and I told him that it would not be a very good team, that Ben McAdoo was not about it, and that Eli Manning was not about it. Check all the boxes. Club was right. So uh, yeah, let's take my moment there. That, that's all I really needed. Hey, one hell of a moment for Club. But hey, we're looking at the 2018 season this year, and uh, every man every man has his past. So. Uh, Moving forward, I'm really excited about this division. And uh, let, me, let me just make a bold claim here. Go that, ahead. That, that, that might be uh, – it, it likely will be contested. But I think I would rather have the quarterback room of 31 teams in the NFL other than the New York Giants. Mm. I love where your head's at, but I, I just can't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I also like where your head's at, but I, I don't agree with that either, to be honest. Who would you – I'd rather have if I'm the Giants. I'd much rather be Lionel Manning Jacksonville, than, than anyone on Buffalo and anyone on the Jaguars. Yeah, Jags is fair, uh, but I, I think and them Cincinnati and the Jags too, and Cincinnati too. I'd rather have Andy. Yeah, Clep's a man. Clep's not a Manning guy. But you know what? Enough, enough with the enough with the schmegma. Let's let's get into the let's get into the meat here. Uh, let's start with the Giants. Right, they came in, they came in last in the division last year. Obviously, with their extremely disappointing. 2-14 and 14 season. I think some of that had to do with the fact that their face of the franchise, Odell Beckham Jr., superstar receiver, was injured for most of the year, and they got off to a terrible start. But nonetheless, they're coming into 2018 locked and loaded, um, have some really good draft picks. I guess I'll start us out. I, I like this team a lot, to be honest, and you can call me. The, def- the definition of insanity is, is this doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, but I don't think this is necessarily the same thing. I think this team consciously made some moves to improve. Uh, obviously, Eli Manning's still their quarterback. I know he's getting up there and, and, and looks every part of 38 years old. But uh, Bob McAdoo's gone. They brought in Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator from Minnesota, who seemed to be making things work there last year. And this is a team that really bolstered their extremely turnstile-esque offensive line by bringing in Nate Solder, from the Patriots, franchise left tackle on an absolutely huge contract, and then drafting Will Hernandez in the second round from UTEP. I know Tommy liked him a lot, so did I. A little mauler from UTEP, getting into fights early in camp, one of those types of guys. And obviously, how can we, if you're talking about the Giants, how can you not talk about the number two pick in the draft? Wonder Boy from Penn State, the, the do-it-all back, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Awful pick. I, I completely disagree. I think that Saquon Barkley is a franchise-changing talent. I think he's a superstar. 
and I think that he's uh, fits the perfect mold of the new breed of NFL running back. He's a guy who can absolutely rock you running through the tackles and is highly effective, receiver-esque, catching the ball out of the backfield. So a guy who's going to come in and, whether you like the pick or not, going to be starting day one and looking to be making offensive strides from the, the, the first snap of, uh, of training camp. Yeah, I think this pick, I, I'm kind of somewhere in between both of you guys. I think this pick will only be a success if they bring another Super Bowl to Eli Manning before he retires because in two years you're going to have a 40-year-old Eli Manning and you're going to be looking at Kyle Aletta or Davis Webb barring they you know, trade a bunch of draft capital to be in the same position that they were this past draft. But for me, looking at this offense, uh, they definitely did bolster the offensive line like Lee was talking about, bringing in Will Hernandez, who I think is just kind of a low floor guard who is going to be great in the run game and should be pretty well in the pretty well in the pass game as well. But I'm still not really that sold on this offensive line, to be honest. I still think that this is one of the worst offensive lines last year. Eric Flowers just moving him to right tackle. I don't. He still has a bunch of question marks next to him. He's not even question marks. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Adam just said. And then Nate Solder on the left side of the ball has had health issues and I mean is solid, but. I, I just am not going to be like, oh, they spent a bunch of money on Nate Solder, gave him a huge deal, and all of a sudden this offensive line is going to be average behind a quarterback like Eli Manning who loves throwing the ball at running back's feet whenever uh, he sends the pressure. So a lot of this is going to have to be, in my opinion, on what type of Eli Manning are we going to see. Uh, is this going to be the Eli Manning of two years ago when they lost to the Packers in the divisional round, um, which was you know McAdoo's first year, and a lot of that's going to have to be on what type of year is Saquon going to have. I think Saquon could be the best running back in the NFL this year, but even with that, uh, I still think there's a lot of holes on this offense potentially. Me not liking the Saquon pick has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley, just as me not liking the Evan Ingram pick last year had nothing really to do with Evan Ingram. It's just that this team continually ignores their biggest needs. They should have drafted Sam Darnold, number two overall, plain and simple. Eli Manning's a rotting corpse at quarterback. He's been to one playoff game since he won the Super Bowl in 2011, and is is just past his prime. And you look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who have had more recent success with their quarterback, but they saw that he is not trending in the correct direction. Instead of doubling down on him, instead they bring in a young rookie quarterback like Lamar Jackson to push him further and compete for the job. And that's what they should have done with Eli. Uh, He, you know acts like he deserves to, to not be contested just because he has rings on his fingers, but he has not played well the last five years. He's not going to continue to play well this year. He will continue to get worse. This team will not make the playoffs for the next five years because they drafted Saquon Barkley. That's coming out with some hot. Let's throw it in the like prophecy that. book. Five years is a long time to be to be making predictions in, but I will give you that. As much as I do like the, the Giants and the, the organization, they have fallen in love with Eli Manning in a weird way, and I do not agree with a lot of the moves they've made quarterback-wise. I don't think Davis Webb was a meaningful pick in the third round of the of the draft last year whatsoever. I it's think almost that was, like what the Steelers a, are doing, like with Big Ben. It's like you're you're addressing the fact that you know you spent two mid-round picks on quarterbacks. The, yeah. the Steelers doing Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. So they're addressing the fact that their quarterback is getting older and that they need a succession plan, but they don't quite have the stones to just draft a dude high in the draft. And it's proven that in the NFL, you generally do not get franchise quarterbacks past round one or even like two. And so I I don't understand. I mean, Lalletta was a guy that people liked. I know Davis Webb was a guy people liked, but like it's the NFL. And this is a guy from Richmond, you know, and who who really knows if he's anything good or not. So you're just kind of like dealing with a lot of, 
you know, average backups who aren't really going to threaten Eli for a starting job or really even be your franchise guy after Eli leaves. If you're not going to take a quarterback in the first round, then you have to commit to that and be like, all right, well, we're going to stick with Eli. Let's try and put as much talent as we can around him. That means picking guys in the fourth round instead of Kyle Oletta or the third round instead of Davis Webb. Um, I also just want to say I think that this team is kind of going to go out where Pat Shermer takes it in a way. And, and Pat Shermer did a lot offensively scheme-wise to open up things for the Vikings last year, and it worked really well for them. We all saw the season they had offensively last year, regardless of who was playing quarterback. And I think that bringing in Saquon, you have to have some type of plan. I know it's extremely risky. I don't know how high they'll be picking in the future. And it's, it's definitely, with the quarterbacks they had this year, they had options to bring a guy in. So their offense is definitely going to revolve around getting the ball to their playmakers out quick and, and, and getting in the ball into the hands of Sterling Shepherds, Odell Beckhams, and Saquon Barkley's of the world as quick and as effectively as you possibly can. Evan Ingram coming into his second year, definitely going to be interesting. But I think that's enough uh, as far as the offense goes. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball. JPP's gone. JPP is gone. Um... I do really like uh, third-round pick Lorenzo Carter from Georgia. Yep. I've been following him for a while. He's, he's, a, he's a long, athletic, uh, physical linebacker who can get off the quarterback, rush off the edge. Kind of a guy, though, who his, his physical you know, characteristics haven't quite led to the quite, you know, the, the as much production as you yeah. would like to see, but definitely a talented guy. Just talking about Giants draft decisions that have been questionable, Eli Apple. He can't even make a peanut butter jelly sandwich for himself, apparently. He's just inept at, at living... He, I don't know. He's just his mom babied him too much or something. Coddled yeah. him, and he's just yeah. That was an, weird. An incompetent person. This whole off season with with uh, Landon Collins coming out and, and saying those things about Eli Apple about how he's cancer in the locker room. They must have figured that out now because he's still on the team and and he was their first round pick a couple years ago. But Janoris Jenkins with the weird off season thing, his brother killed someone on accident. In that's, his house. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. always you know that that's not comforting uh, to hear. Uh, I, I, on the brighter side of things, I do like Alec Ogletree a lot from Those coming nice over from the Rams up. as a linebacker. I think he's a guy who's going to be calling the plays on defense and, and really leading this defense from the middle. And I think front seven-wise, this is a team that's really going to compete. You have Snacks Harrison, who's a proven tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson coming into his second year in the league from Alabama, a guy who can really get after it, another tackle. And I know you lost JPP, but you still got Olivier Vernon coming off the edge, and, and really going to be looking at Lorenzo Carter to make an impact getting after the quarterback as well. Yeah, Lorenzo Carter, that's kind of one, one of the notes that I was writing down. They're going to expect a lot. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, kind of replace some of that production that they lost with JPP. This defense, man, it's crazy how last year we were looking. Two years ago, this is one of the better defenses in the NFL, and now they're kind of leaving a sour taste in my mouth, personally. Um, Landon Collins is off, awesome at strong safety, obviously, but I, I don't know. They're gonna. I mean, Eli Apple, like we were talking Jamarius about. Jamarius Jenkins have definitely had a, a you know, it's kind of a letdown year last year yeah, too. Yeah, he did. But I mean, some of that maybe can be uh, attributed just to the fact of the team the being so fire. bad. And you know, like last point, kind of on the quarterback thing. Like I think this team has too much talent to be passing up on picking a quarterback at number two. Like I, I don't think that this team. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think very highly of them. But I think that they're going to do much better than go two and fourteen. Like I yeah. think this is a six and ten, seven and nine type of squad. And they'll find themselves drafting eleventh, you know, seventh through eleventh, and you're gonna have to shell out, you know, a future first round pick to possibly go up and get the guy that you actually want when Eli Manning eventually does uh, hang up the the jersey. So I don't know. And, and last thing, Connor Barwin, saying coming out saying he wants to win a Super Bowl, he's waiting to sign with a Super Bowl contender. 
signs with the Giants. Yeah, he clearly thinks they're a contender. I mean, well, I don't... Bold strategy, Cotton. Think, Let's see think, how that one works out for you. I think you guys are really... I, I really... I think every team in this division obviously is super competitive. I think it'd be silly to say that with a clean slate coming into 2018 that the Giants aren't going to compete for this division. I think it, it's they absolutely could. silly. No, I mean, I think they... Especially Tommy saying that Saquon Barkley could be the best running back in the league. So you're telling me you're going to have a team... I don't care who your quarterback is... And Eli Manning, I know he's a corpse out there, but the guy is has got winning pedigree, and he's still starting for a reason. Like if you have the you best running, he's throw starting throw for a reason. Picks, if you if you won two Super Bowls, if you have if you have Saquon Barkley and he's playing like the best running back in the league, and you have Odell Beckham Jr., who is one of the best, if not the best, receivers in the league, your offense is going to be explosive. You're going to have plays. So uh, I mean, we can move on. I think yeah. we've covered enough. But let's go on to the Washington Redskins, uh, a team that. To be honest, I, I after looking over their their roster, I liked them a lot more than maybe I had initially anticipated. Bringing in Alex Smith from Kansas City, you know, I, I think this actually could end up being you know an improvement over Alex or, or I'm sorry over Kirk Cousins. Alex Smith, you know, say what you will, does have a playoff experience, which Kirk Cousins does not. Even though though you know that experience has been generally losing. Uh, you know, but he is a guy who has been probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL over the past few years. Obviously, he had the help of Andy Reid, but now he is going to uh, Jay Gruden, who's also an offensive guy, loves to pass the ball. So I think you know Alex Smith could actually be an improvement in the quarterback room this year for the uh, for the Redskins. It'll also be really interesting to see how this wide receiver group pans out. You're bringing in two guys now. I mean, not bringing in, but you have two guys on this team now, and Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson. Josh Doxson is first-round pick from 2016, was kind of behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. You know, now those two guys are, are gone. You had Terrell Pryor last year. He is gone. So you're really relying on Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson to, to provide a lot of uh, the production in the receiver room. Jameson Crowder is one of my favorite players in the NFL, for being uh, honest here. And I, so he's a stud, but he's kind of a slot dude. So, you know, the, you need some presence on the outside, and hopefully Paul and uh, Josh can provide that for Alex. Yeah, they're obviously expecting uh, Paul Richardson and Josh, Josh Doxson to be their two big guys on the outside making plays down downfield. And Josh Doxson, Doxson showed a little bit about, of that last year, being able to high point the ball on some deep routes and uh, got, got a couple of touchdowns. Uh, for me, with this offense, uh, their offensive line, man, they got a they got a pretty good offensive line. Uh, I would kind of disagree. You disagree? I think I'm with I Tommy. Think, I, I really think that like Trent it. Williams and Mo- Moses Morgan and Brandon Scherf, I'm sorry, Morgan Moses and Brandon Scherf are, are above average players at each of their positions. But Chase Rulier and Sean, Sean Lawabo is consistently one of the worst guards in the NFL. He's he's awful. Chase Rulier is a is a young, unproven center. So I mean, that's a very important position in the NFL. You know, so I, obviously Alex Smith is a guy who can maybe make some of those calls. I, so I just think I worry about depth, too. Their offensive line get hurt a lot. I don't they did think bring they, in Jerron Christian they, they did, from Florida State they did, in the but, third round. Or Louisville, right? Louisville, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not as, as bullish on this O-line as, as you maybe seem. I just think they have really big questions there at, yeah. at, on, at left guard and center, and that if one of these dudes in Morgan Scherf or – I'm sorry, Moses Scherf or uh, Williams go down, that they're in a bunch of trouble. Yeah, I mean that's that's I a fair point, agree. and and I think a couple of the, those guys have a history of, of going down. If I'm yes. not, I think Scherf and Williams have both gone down yes. with, with some pretty bad injuries before. Um, I just want to quickly say I, I had really high expectations for this team last year with Kirk Cousins. I was a fan of his. Their defense doesn't look too different, but they did kind of let me down a little bit. And it's going to be really interesting to see 
how Darius Quais contributes to the running back room this year. I thought that was definitely a really interesting pick in the second round, seeing as they have a guy like P. Ryan and, and Rob Kelly who haven't necessarily really gotten the job done, and also Chris Thompson as a he, he, he was really explosive last year and showed that he has a place in this league, definitely. Jordan Reed is another guy who has injury concerns at tight end, is, is good when he's healthy. And just touching back on the receivers, Josh Doxson is another guy, for, in my opinion, a first-rounder who really hasn't fit the bill so far. And yep. he's dropped some pretty meaningful passes. I think he's done more than guys like Perriman and, and Laquan Treadwell yeah, and stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah, but absolutely. He is, but he but definitely has not lived still up to Still not, not fitting the, the first-round bill. And then, yeah. Uh, really like the group, this group defensively. Love the fact that yeah. Jonathan Allen's coming back. Really liked him last year. I know we all did. And then Deron Payne, another Alabama dude who who just is a is just a game wrecker in the middle. A guy bringing back those those defensive hogs in Washington. Like I like that move drafting him. And Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan, I think, are solidly incredibly underrated yeah. underrated as edge rushers. You bring in Pernell McPhee. If he can stay healthy, I think he'd be good for four, four to six sacks, maybe coming off the edge, maybe more of a run-defending type. Ryan Anderson, a dude that had no sacks last year, not a lot of contributions, second-round pick from, from Bama. He's got to come in here, and, I mean, you got a lot of Bama guys in this D-line Sean here. Deon Hamilton. John, 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 Jonathan Allen, Daron Payne, and Sean Deon Hamilton in the uh, in you know, the backers. Man. But, you know, as far as you know, a pass rushing presence, relying a lot on these young Bama guys to come in here and really make their mark. Yeah, definitely. And last year, kind of their biggest problem was stopping the run. I think they were one of the worst teams in the NFL at stopping the run. That's why they doubled down at D-Tac or on the D-line two years in a row. Um, Tim Settle, too, big, yep. big, big from, man coming from in from Vatek. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a, he's a very good player as well. And Matt Ionatis is a, is a nice depth guy, too. Yeah, he uh, has played well in his, in his brief NFL career. But, yeah, I mean, this defense, they've been kind of building pieces over the last couple of years. Ever since they brought in Josh Norman, they've been, dra- they've been putting a lot of draft capital in their defense. So now this is kind of the year where it's kind of make or break for a lot of these guys on this defense. and. See what they have. And I would be more. I'm sorry to cut you off, no, there, totally but like I, I would be more concerned about this secondary if Josh Norman wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so I think having that number one guy kind of covers up some of the maybe the holes. But you know, you're hoping Fabian yeah. Moreau can come in here and make some plays. If not, Orlando Scandrick, who has some injury history, so maybe he won't be you know a guy that maybe you can rely on for all 16 games. But Quentin Quint Dunbar, they're bringing in. He's you know a solid depth guy. So. Definitely some guys, you know, that are, are Whoa, and waiting in the wings, maybe. Quinn, how was Quinn Blanding undrafted? Dude, he he was not. He was not. He was a four Virginia. four year starter at Virginia. I don't know. He was four solid. Five he was star? a f- former five, another former five star. He was solid, but he man, he got he got toasted a lot back there. That's why <laughs> he he's more of like a linebacker type. I mean, I don't uh, know, but like, just kind of wrap it, it could up. Could make an impact. Definitely. Yeah, things are looking positive. I guess you know, losing for a team that lost. You know their main quarterback and coming off a draft where they got both RG three and Kirk Cousins, kind of put that era behind them. You know, know Swearinger, move, move, move forward. You know DJ, DJ Swearinger is going to get after it too in that secondary and make sure those boys are ready. I, I, what I really quickly want to say is, and it's not even too official because these guys aren't too proven, but if their corners can stay healthy, this is a rare team that is like, full, and, and Fabian Moreau can play up to the the bill that that he had coming out of UCLA. This is a team that's four cornerbacks deep, which is not not what you see a lot in this league, especially mm-hmm. with Josh Norman uh, spearheading those guys as an all-star. I think that Definitely this is looking a secondary for a bit that, more uh, the ball production of Josh Norman. No picks yeah, last year. Yeah, so. absolutely. And then I got to give a quick shout out to Zach Brown, that middle linebacker. That guy just gets after it. He's a, he's a great. He's going to rack up Tackle tackles. Machine. Yeah, he's going to rack up tackles. But other than that, I mean, I think. You're looking at, I don't think the expectations should be set too high for this team, no. but definitely a team that you should not write off. Do you, out do you think Sunday. this is a perhaps a make or break here for Jay Gruden? 
I absolutely do. I would agree. I absolutely do. Yep. I think that the, the clock is ticking. I spe- if they don't make the playoffs this year, uh, that's another thing. I, I, can, I can see it kind of going downhill and them sliding to a 6-10 and 10 type of thing. And let me, being let me set the scene for you, though, real quick with one more little. Yeah. Just, you know, looking into the crystal ball, Alex Smith goes down with an injury. Kevin Hogan beats out Colt McCoy for that second string spot. We got Dak and Hogan. Dak and Hogan head. in the same division. For, for some reason, you know, uh, the Connor Ryan, Adam Clutt, Dak Prescott, Kevin Hogan. They all, you know, Kevin Hogan and Dak Prescott have found ways to get into games. They, yeah. they found their way into the same division. It feels meant to be. It does it just feel. Feels the meant football to be. gods were listening to that conversation <laughs> in newspaper class. Let's uh, go to the Cowboys. Let's. Tommy, America's the team. resident Cowboys fan. Just, I don't know. Why don't you I mean, I feel like I'm going to have to be on the defensive a lot in this say conversation. Your piece, man. I'm not... But I'm, I'm going to say my piece. Um, Zeke's back for full season, no suspension, no uh, distractions coming coming back. Uh, a lot of the questions, really, for me, I mean, we we know what to expect from Dak Prescott. Hopefully he's better than he was last year and kind of retains some of that rookie form. Um, but I think we all can agree that Dak uh, is limited in some ways. But I don't think that those limitations necessarily mean that this can't be a successful team because of the offensive line that you have and the running back that you have. Picking up Connor Williams in the second round, I think that was a great pick. A lot of people, I mean, in some of the pre-draft processes, a lot of people thought this was one of the best offensive linemen in the class outside of Quentin Nelson, probably because of the very strong 2016 season that he had at Texas. A little bit of a drop-off in 2017 at Texas. Um, the real question he is... to be a Cowboy, too. Yeah, he did. special he did. seeing that it post-draft was, it was, interview. It was very special. The real question is, who is going to uh, emerge out of this wide receiver core? And tight end, too. Um, Jeff Swaim, Rico Gathers, they drafted Dalton Schultz from Stanford in the fourth round this year. Uh, they're going to have to replace the production from Jason Witten and Des Bryant. Um, I think Michael Gallup is going to be a very, very good player, um, so I'm kind of high on him, so I'm expecting him to have a big year. Um, but as far as the offense goes, I think those are really where the big questions are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Lee was talking about the Bills having the worst receivers in the NFL. Yeah, this is. I would nominate the Cowboys. Yeah. for that conversation. I think they're relying way too much on Tavon Austin to do anything. Did he say twenty touches a game? Something that like that. Someone said Deontay Thompson, Terrence Williams has never been a consistent performer. You bring in Allen Hurts from Jacksonville, who signed that big contract with them, but never quite lived up to the billing afterwards. Cole Beasley, just a guy who's kind of getting along in the tooth, maybe, in that well, slot. With Cole Beasley, I think he had a great year, uh, Dak's rookie year, and kind of was Dak's go-to guy. And then last year, he kind of fell off. So they're definitely going to be looking for him to kind of replace a little bit of that, pro- that production that he didn't have last year. Maybe someone like Noah Brown or Katie Cannon. I know these are guys yeah. that are a little deeper on the depth chart can step up because those are go- those are guys who are two big bodies that were highly touted coming out of high school and maybe just step up and, and, and try to make some plays and see the field for the Cowboys because this receiving core is absolutely wide open. Whether you like them or yeah. not, it's really hard to say that they have one receiver on this team that's going to rise above. If I had to say right now, it would be probably either Terrence Williams or Alan Hearns as like a number yeah. one receiver guy. But a lot's going to be Gallup could, a lot's going to be expected too. from Michael Gallup. But I, who knows? I think the jury's definitely really still out on the on the receiving core in Dallas. Is, though, I mean, it's going to be a running team. Probably, have, I would just say Ezekiel Elliott, probably just the best pure runner in the NFL. All things put aside, with his mm-hmm. character and such, you bring in Connor Williams, uh, a guard who is a guy who played tackle in college and kind of fell in the draft. So maybe a first round talent who the the Cowboys picked up. So I think their offensive line is still going to be strong. Um, Bringing Cameron Fleming at right tackle yeah. from New England is a nice little depth piece. And, yeah, and so I mean, even you know, to compete with Lyle Collins. Well, too, and, you know, and last like, year, especially in that Atlanta game, you saw how much Chaz w- Brown, Chaz Brown gave up six sacks. I mean, you can't 
their offensive line is super vital to what they do, yeah. uh, even without Ezekiel Elliott. So they need that depth. They definitely address that. Um, so on offense, I yeah, I think it's going to be a primarily running team, and it's going to be a lot of third down conversions for Dak. I just and think he's going to emerge out of the wide receiver room. I just think, and I, I don't want to get too into a heated discussion here, but in the NFL, if you expect, I know that it worked for the Cowboys a couple years ago, but if Dak Prescott plays anything like he did last year with the receiving core he has this year, and he doesn't have Jason Witten as that safety blanket. And your team is not going to be able to throw the football. And you can really only do so much running the football in this league. And especially talking about this division, say what you want about it. But the front seven, we've already been over the Giants and the Redskins. And we know what the Eagles are looking like after last year. These front sevens are strong. They're going to be able to, to, to stop the run at a certain point. So I just want to wrap up this whole offensive uh, breakdown by just saying, Dak Prescott is going to have to be better than he was last no, year. No, he and that, is. And, that, and he's, he's going to have to take more of a leadership role, too, coming into his third year in the league. My last kind of thing on Dak I just wanted to say is he just wasn't accurate last year. Like, there was a pure drop-off from his rookie year to last year where he just – I mean, sure, Dez dropped a lot of balls, and there was it obviously wasn't all his fault, and there was a bunch of distractions around the team. But he missed a lot of throws last year that you just didn't see him miss his, uh, his rookie year. So he's going to have to be better for sure. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, I think that I'll start it off by just saying Leighton Van Der Esch, I wasn't huge on him coming into the process. Tommy was whispering some things about him. And then as we got closer to the draft, two, three days before the draft, I really started to fall in love with him a little bit, realizing how much of an athlete he was and how versatile he was. I like that pick a lot for the Cowboys. It's much needed help uh, at the linebacker position. But forget elite, forget even solid. There's not one proven player in the secondary. And in the and that just that just scares the heck out of me if I'm disagree. looking at it from from who's proven. I think Byron Jones is very proven, and I think Shadobi and Wuzier. He's proven maybe at safety, but okay. But Jordan Lewis and Shadobi and Wuzier both played very well at corner last year, and I think those are two starting NFL corners, and I think it's kind of hard to disagree with that. And Xavier Woods, as a, as a fifth round pick, played well at strong safety last year. I obviously think Jeff Heath is not an ideal free safety. But I think that you guys aren't giving the secondary as much credit as it deserves. And when you look at their corners now, Byron Jones, I think he, I mean, he obviously is athletic enough to play corner and has all the measurables to play corner. But having Chidobi Wuzier, Jordan Lewis, Byron Jones, and Anthony Brown, I think that's a pretty solid four corners you got there. Uh, I don't know, man. I'd, it'd be, I think it'd be solid if you had one vet in there, like a Josh Norman or like a Janoris Jenkins or like a Ronald Darby. But I just don't really see it in well, Dallas, especially with the – with the uh, the passing attacks. I'm just saying last year when we were going over the Cowboys team, we they kind of had the same – I mean, they had Skandrick back there, obviously. But it was a lot of unproven guys that were going to have – Anthony Brown was coming off a pretty good rookie season as a six-round pick, and then they had a bunch of rookies in there. Um, and they all kind of answered the bell, in my opinion. Obviously, they could have been better, but I think they're all just going to just build on that coming into the, their sophomore year, and I could be wrong. Yeah, and then looking at the front seven – Definitely some questions, but you still got some staples in there. Uh, Sean Lee, obviously, the I, I would venture to say he's the he's the head of this defense. He's probably the best player on this defense. Uh, obviously, had some concussion history, but still a lockdown linebacker. Jalen Smith, coming off of awful, as we all know, we talked about it last year, awful injury in college, was a highly touted prospect, but going to be so, interesting so, also okay. to see. Yeah he, yeah, he did all right. He, he was definitely a little more limited. Last year was his rookie year, really. Exactly, so he, and coming into his second year. There were some be... growing pains. He obviously is athletic enough to really do everything. I don't think he's – I mean, he obviously has lost maybe a little bit of a step, but he still is – I mean, he, he if you watch him there, I mean, he swarms with the ball every single time and he's there. Yeah. Um, 
Their D-line, man, too. I, like, I think you're going to see a lot of production out of this D-line. Taco Charlton coming into his second year. I obviously wasn't <laughs> in love with that pick. Randy Gregory coming back is reinstated. They just have Coney Healy. Randy Gregory. Yeah, Randy, Randy Gregory's playing this year. So I think they Maybe have... week four. <laughs> they have a lot of pieces. We all know Rod Marinelli's a little bit of a D-line savant. So and, and Demarcus Lawrence, too. Who franchise tag? Franchise tag, the same as Ziggy Ansah, is in a position to get paid this if year. If he does well, yeah. If he does well, uh, and so I mean, I think did he lead the league in, in sacks last year? I think he might have. Came close. At Came least close. Oh, and to wrap a bow on that Dak contract comment, uh, he's has, he's in a four year deal, but he's making under a million a year. So yeah. if he has a good year this year, they definitely could try and make an extension happen because he's. Grossly underpaid yeah. as far as the rest of the, the league is concerned for a quarterback who's a starter. We're ready uh, to let's, move go, on? let's go to the Eagles, where uh, defending Super Bowl champs, champs baby. A yeah. uh, team that I pictured win the division last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really liked the, the way they looked. I did not, you know, expect them to go all the way to win the Super Bowl. I thought that that was a little much in, in Wentz's second year, but he seems to be one of the most promising young quarterbacks in the NFL, and I would venture to say. I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but if I were to be starting my team and I could pick any quarterback in the NFL, you know, taking in all the factors of age, you know, and talent, and just overall just leadership ability, I think I think Carson Wentz would be the first overall pick. I agree. I agree. Maybe Andrew Luck. I take if luck. you had if you had if you had an NFL fantasy draft, you'd take Luck. I take Luck. Yeah. I think a lot of that is going to depend injury, I don't on know. I take what luck. happens this year. I don't Andrew. get me wrong. I mean, Wentz has proven that he's incredible. It's just because. He's coming off the ACL, and he's just—he's—I mean—he's still so young. He's still so young. The ACL thing. He's yeah. still so young as well. I think he's only been in the league for two years, so I he's mean, a stud. He's yeah, a stud. I mean, he is a stud. That—that's a fact at this point. You can't really deny no. that. So, obviously, coming back with a very similar roster to the Super Bowl winning one, lost Trey Burton to the Bears, brought in Dallas Godard in the draft. Uh, Really, I think this team had a really solid draft. Didn't I don't if I'm not mistaken, didn't have a lot of high picks, but bringing in late round guys like Josh Sweat and Avante Maddox, and like I said, Dallas Goddard, that was a second round pick though for them. Still got a great stable running backs. Lost uh, Legarrette Blunt, but bringing back Jayadi, Corey Clement, you know, uh, Donnell Pumphrey, and they're the they're the alphas of the NFC at this point. No, they did, and they literally kind of just reloaded. Josh I mean, Adams already bringing in Michael Bennett too on this on this this defensive line man is just God. They're impressive. Just looking at the kind of the depth that they have. Timmy Jernigan, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, Chris Long. I mean the list goes on and on. Nada. Yeah, Nada. I think the real questions kind of come in uh, with replacing Michael Kendricks with Nathan Jerry, and then Sidney Jones kind of having. Having his year to come no, out, not Jerry. Not to replace a bust. Nate Jerry, man, I love seeing him take that step down from safety to linebacker. That guy's an absolute mauler, and uh, I'm excited to see him be playing backer this year. Secondary, pretty much saying the same. Yeah, losing Patrick Robinson, I think, is the only real L that this uh, the secondary took. Uh, but but then, then took. I mean, to that point though, Sidney Jones, second yeah. year player, guy, you know, who was drafted. A first you know, round pick, yeah, really. knowing that he wasn't going to really play for you in 2017 due to the injury, uh, so you're obviously hoping that he can step up into that place. Rasul Douglas too was is a pretty yeah. promising rookie guy. So mm-hmm. I mean, they got dudes that can really uh, come in and and you know play too in, in Patrick Robinson's absence. Yeah, you know, kind of had a career resurgence in, in Philly. Uh, so I, the defense is still very good. I mean, not too much has changed personnel wise. You know, you didn't see the you more saw the Super Bowl purging come from the coaching side of things. Yeah. Which is kind of what I want to touch on with you know John D. Filippo going over to uh, 
He was the quarterback coach. He's going over to Minnesota. And then, obviously, the offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, going over to uh, Indy. So, definitely a Still big, got Schwartz. Still got Jim Schwartz at, at D.C. But I, I would be concerned about this um, offense taking a little bit of a setback, mainly with the running backs. Uh, I really, you know, J.J. is probably the most talented guy on this team. But, I mean, Donald Pumphrey, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement. It was kind of, and, you know, last year having LeGarrette Blunt, it was a little bit of a, you know, a motley crew back there of dudes who aren't quite, you know, proven, you know, not one guy really wasn't the number one back and they made it all work. And I think that was a lot of Frank Reich, you know, making it work with all those different cats. So see if, you know, they can get the same sort of success out of the same running backs this year because there's a lot of guys in that stable. And, you know, running back is a very, it's a position where you kind of get hot and get in the flow of things. And I sometimes worry if they almost have too many dudes to really, you know, rotate them all in to get a fair amount of touches. Yeah, this team is just so hard to find holes in just because yeah. they have so much depth and they they're it's almost like the NFL is kind of a lot of the other NFL teams are kind of copying that whole defensive line rotation thing they had going last year and just this whole depth idea at running back at, and on the defensive line like I said and in, in the secondary and at receiver I think that their receivers are kind of interesting Alshon Jeff, Jeffrey's obviously really good Nelson Aguilar proved that he could be a really solid uh, NFL receiver last year it was kind of his breakout year yeah that was a nice nice addition for them to so see. that's going to be interesting too had some nice plays last yeah, year he did well. But this offensive line, they're bringing back a great offensive line and in, in, in the same, basically the same tight ends. Like I said, they lost Trey Burton, but still they bring back Godair and uh, also some nice, uh, nice depth with uh, Vitai, Big V. He's always stepped in when Peters has, yep. has left and yep. and played nicely. Chance Warmack too, nice little depth pieces mm-hmm. as well. So this team definitely kind Not of seems changed. Point, poised for success once again in, in 2018. So should we get to the uh, predictions? Let's do it, predictions. Yeah. Start us off, Mr. Murray Lee. Me. All right, yeah. I'll start us off. Uh, this division is, I think, one of the better divisions in football. I wouldn't quite put the stamp on it as the best division in football because I do think there are a couple teams where, uh, like the Cowboys, like the Redskins, and even with my bias, like the Giants, where if they get off to a bad start early, things can can, can go really bad for them. And, and, and there could be, yeah, they could snowball. And I think Jay Gruden and Jason Garrett are two guys that are a losing season away from losing their jobs. I've sold Tommy in, in behind closed doors multiple times, and you could throw it in the prophecy. I think this is Jason Garrett's last year as the head of Dallas. I just don't see a reality in which the Dallas Cowboys are going to retain him as their coach. I simply, similar to Romo, just a guy who he'll get you right to that line, but he won't get you over it. So I'm going to go ahead and start my predictions here. Enough of the enough of the blabber. Uh, I, I'm finding it really hard to pick against the Eagles to win this division, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, Carson Wentz coming off an ACL injury, got something to prove. I know he's got a ring now, but it isn't necessarily his. And I know that deep down as a competitor, that hurts him. So I'm going to throw the Eagles at one. Give me those Giants at two, baby. Bringing in Saquon Barkley. I'm, I'm going against my, my boys on the left and right here. I like what their offense is doing. I think this is Eli Manning's last and final year to prove that he can at least be a solid trailer quarterback in the NFL. So I'm going with the Giants at two. Redskins, third, baby. Alex Smith coming in. He's, he's good enough to get you that third spot, and I think it's all going to go wrong in Dallas this year. Uh, Zeke might have to get checked up for human virus. might have to go to, to the, local, the local hospitals in Dallas, HPV, chlamydia, one of those things. Uh, Jason Garrett, like I said, I think it might be his last year, and I think Dax Days. How many, a, how many games do you think the Cowboys are going to win this year? It doesn't even have to be a prediction, just off, yeah, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, six. Six or five, to be honest. I think they're going to tail out the division to six games. I'll make a prophecy that they'll win under seven games. I'll do that. I'll throw that in the prophecy book. I think seven is realistic for them, but I don't, I'd don't. i be surprised if they won eight, to be honest. 
even with the offensive line they have. I just think there's way too many holes in their secondary, and I think their linebackers are not as good as, and defense overall is just not as good as, uh, as people think, and obviously they have an awful receiving core, and I think their quarterback is a question. So way too many question marks for me to uh, believe that the Cowboys can win more than seven, so that's how I'm topping it off. Hit it, Tommy. All right, I agree with you with that at the top of the division. I think Philly just has way too much, uh, even with the tough schedule that they got with the first-place schedule. Uh, they just have too much with the return of Wentz, who could just be have another MVP-type season. So I got the, uh, the Eagles uh, rounding out at number one, and I got my Cowboys at number two. I think this is a redemption year for, for Dallas, and I, I completely agree that this could very, very well be Jason Garrett's last year in Dallas, but I think they have a lot of stuff going their way, and I think it's going to be enough for them to finish second in the division. At third, I have the Washington Redskins. Uh, I kind of agree with Lee's take. Alex Smith is going to at least get you third spot in your division. I think they might tail off uh, towards the end of the year maybe, but they have a lot of stuff working in their way. And at number four, I have the Giants rounding it out. I just think it's going to kind of come down to Eli Manning, no matter what production you're getting from Saquon or from Odell. And I think they got holes on their defense. And I'm not really sold on Pat Shermer yet as a uh, – you think the Giants got holes on their defense, and the Cowboys don't have holes on their defense, or I think that the I think that the Cowboys I think the Cowboys definitely have holes on their defense, but I think that I think the Cowboys have a better defense than the Giants, to be honest. I, 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 would, I think that's a pretty I fat think, stretch. Yeah, it might be a fat stretch, but uh, we can leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. I think, no, but, I, but I think that the Giants are going to finish at seven and nine to be the fourth uh, fourth spot in the division. You think the Bears and Giants are both going to finish at seven and yes, nine and fourth in the division? Well, the Bears, I'm least confident going seven there's and only, nine. There's only so many wins teams can have out there. No, so, I know. Someone's got to be losing sometime. I'm just saying. Well, Rams. <laughs> I think the well, okay. Well, the Cowboys' first six games, I think, are are very uh, very winnable. To be honest, I think they can open up six and zero. Oh, to be honest. So. <sighs> That's mine. <laughs> Let's go to their first six games. I can oh, tell you right now. Tell here. me right now. They open up at Carolina, then they got the Giants at home at Seattle, Detroit at Houston, and Jacksonville. I think I think that they, I think those are all winnable games for them. So what games aren't winnable? I think the latter half of the schedule, then they go back to they play at Washington, Tennessee, Philadelphia, at Atlanta, Washington, New Orleans, um, and Philly. I think the, so. The next eight games after or six games after that are really hard. So the first six they have to have a winning record at and they have to be go at least four and two in so i'm 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 optimistic you're gonna lose to america's heart <laughs> just like adam clamp it's a wrap I, I i love it as long as adam keeps saying it's a wrap they keep that keeps me that keeps i just me don't excited. understand how the how you think they can go six and oh in the first six games when they play jacksonville and and uh, i think they're better than carolina i think they're better than the giants i think they're better than the seahawks i think they're better than the lions i think they're better than the texans and i think they can beat i think they're May not be better than the Jaguars, but I think they can beat them at home. Hey, man, he's got faith. He's a fan. I can't. I can't. It's fine. It's this fine. is what the season's we'll for. I'm excited. I, man. I can't so wait. This is why man. they play the games. Yeah. Uh, I'm just clean sweep at the top. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, coming in second. Washington Redskins. Uh, yeah. If they were an AFC team, uh, I would pencil them in for a playoff spot. I just think in the. I, I don't have quite the stones. I really like them. I don't have quite the stones to put them over the Eagles. I just think there's questions uh, on the O line at running back. And uh, definitely, you know, in the back half of the defense, too. But I, I do really like them uh, to kind of have a bounce-back year and get, you know, after all the, the dark cloud of the, the quarterback, you know, franchise tag thing is, is, has left. And I, I don't know. I just I like the Redskins to have a really nice year this year and definitely compete for uh, a playoff spot. I'm not going to go quite and do what I said with the Jets because I just think there's too much talent in the NFC. And I just I don't quite believe in that prophecy. don't really want to put it down for sure. But this team... 
will be competing for a playoff spot into December. Uh, third, I'm going to put the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Fourth, I'm going to put the uh, New York Giants. That wraps both, it up. Both of them, though, are, are going to be below 500 teams. Mm. The Giants and the Cowboys will both be below 500. I like it. You prophesizing that? Is it weak? It's not weak. <laughs> Ah, Put it in, yeah, there you go. That's not a weak prophecy. There you go, prophecy. Uh, I I would like to say that I I am, as a Cowboys fan, I am fearful of the Redskins and how they've kind of been, they've had pretty bad seasons the last couple years, and I could kind of see this being the Redskins' year in a way. So that's my final take. We extra a few things into stone. Division previews are over until 2019. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's the, the, yeah, it's kind of the, you know. Thanks for sticking with us. The establishment of the back joke is the division preview.